Welcome to Offscreen Babble with Shada and Kyle, where we talk about TV shows and movies we've seen recently. Today is episode 24, The Good Place Season 3 premiere, Night School, and The Forever Finale. If you're a returning listener, please make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and also make sure to subscribe. And check out our show notes where we list what we talk about at what time so you can avoid spoilers. Okay, uh, before we get started, I wanted to shout out one podcast. Um, it's called Esoteric Oddities. The hosts are Jonathan and Sarah. I connected with them online like a few weeks ago and started listening to their episodes. Basically, it's like a comedy podcast, but it's about like creepy stuff, uh, scary things like cults and serial killers and medical oddities and just like strange things like that. But the two hosts are hilarious. I think I told you about them a little bit ago. So I've been listening to their podcast uh, for a few weeks now. Love them. And I found out that uh, Jonathan listens so to our podcast. So I was like, oh, this is so nice because I think their podcast is really good. I'd recommend it if you're looking for a comedy podcast, but also if you just like finding out new information about like random stories. But yeah, the hosts are hilarious. I don't, you haven't listened yet, but they're... I actually don't listen to comedy podcasts, which is kind of weird. Yeah. Nor, nor do I listen to movie or TV review podcasts. Yeah, that's really weird that you're a host Dude, of... Listen, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I listen to podcasts, but I listen to specifically like tech podcasts, I know. iOS development, and yeah. Well, if you're looking for a comedy podcast or a podcast that's just like informative, I'd recommend them. Again, they're esoteric oddities. Okay, we are going to review the season three premiere of The Good Place. Um, We are not going to be able to do like a detailed review. We're actually just going to talk about what we liked about it and why we're watching the show. But before we go into the premiere, we wanted to give a quick review or let people know why we're watching, right? Yeah, just basically our review of the show in general to let people know who haven't seen it, uh, what we think and if uh, we think it's worth seeing. And try not to spoil. Yes, we're not going to spoil anything yet. Okay. So uh, this show is created by Michael Schur, who wrote for The Office, and he also created Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and obviously the show. He's been involved with a lot of other things, but I think those are maybe his most popular shows. Um. I would say that the sense of humor is very similar throughout all his shows, right? Uh, yeah, I'd say Obviously, the, there's there's major differences yeah. in certain things, but if you like Parks and Rec, you most likely will like The Good Place if you haven't watched it. Yeah, I'd, I'd say also that Parks and Rec is way more heavy on comedy and less on the story elements. Yeah, so that's one thing that when we first started watching the show, I was kind of like, huh, this is weird because normally I'm laughing more throughout his types of shows. Yeah. And I wasn't really like clicking with the humor so much, but the story was very interesting. And so I would agree. I I think like the funniest show that I like the most would be Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. And I'm glad we didn't go a podcast episode without mentioning it. So uh-huh. that's good. Got yeah. that out of the way up front. Uh-huh. Okay. And then I would say that for me, I was kind of debating during season one. I was like, okay, this is an interesting plot, but am I watching the show for the plot? Or I kind of thought it was going to be more comedic. And and I'll, I guess I should clarify, 
it is funny. Like there are jokes. It's just for me, it's just not as funny as his other things. I think I hear a lot of people talk about the show and they talk about how funny it is. So I don't want to give a give the impression that it's not a funny show. Yeah, and I'll say I, I actually agree with you in this case, which a lot of times we kind of disagree on comedies. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it, it has funny moments and stuff, but it's not anywhere near as funny as his other shows, I think. Okay. Um, but I the story really got me. I was very interested. In, yeah, the yeah. twists and turns that the show takes um, yeah. are very interesting. So if you haven't watched The Good Place, we would recommend it. We don't want to spoil it for you, so we can't really go into detail as to what the show is about, I guess, without spoiling yeah. it. But if you like his other stuff, you should watch this. Yeah, and I'd say even if not, um, it's a very interesting story. Like, if yeah. you if you don't go into it thinking, oh, you know, I really want to be laughing the whole time and this is a big-time comedy, and you just go into it like, oh, let's see what the interesting story is, yeah. then uh, I think you'll like it. It's it's very different, I think, than any other show, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's cool. I think it's it's worth checking out and see what you think. Yeah, so we both recommend it. Now are you ready to go more into detail where we get into spoilers? Yeah, now we'll go into spoilers. Okay, so we want to talk about the premiere. I'm going to briefly just go over season one and two, like very, very quickly. And then obviously you can add more things into it. Sure. So season one, we're introduced to Eleanor, played by Kristen Bell. And she gets to the good place, but she realizes that maybe she's not supposed to be there. They have confused her identity. And the season ends with her basically realizing that she's not actually in the good place. Neither are the other characters that are there who are um, Chidi, uh, Tahani, and Jason. Correct. And Michael is Ted Danson, the demon who is torturing them. Exactly. She realizes it all seems like everything's good, but uh, what he's doing is actually torturing them exactly. in a way that looks like it's a good place. Yes. And that was all part of his plan. Um, and season two is Michael erasing their memory. But for some reason, they keep coming together and realizing that they're not in the good place. Yeah. Still. And he goes through like hundreds of iterations to try and every and time they it. realize. Okay. And yeah. then towards the end of that season, he has kind of uh clicked more with humanity, understanding what well, or or maybe he's understanding humans more. Well, they they say they figure it out again mm-hmm. and then they say to him, We'll help you because, you know, his boss is coming and is gonna find out we'll mm-hmm. help you avoid getting in trouble if you learn ethics with us and so to help him try to understand humanity more and at first you know he was totally not into it and stuff but then he started to actually understand it and sympathize with them and then they all escape together mm-hmm. and uh to try to get them in the good place okay and then season three is basically picking up where season two ends where they're now alive, um, mm-hmm. but it's basically to see if they end up being good people so they can go to the good place. Yeah. They, right? uh, so it's like a... they're alive, but temporarily, like, like yeah. kind of. Okay. Well, yeah, it's not exactly clear, but uh, yeah, yeah, that's the so. assumption. Yeah. Okay. And in this first episode, we 
basically see Michael uh, inject himself into each person's storyline to make sure that they all come together. Yeah, which right? was against the rules. Exactly. Of the uh, thing that the judge, played by Maya Ru- Rudolph, yes. um, put forth. Exactly. And uh, Sean, who's played by Mark Evan Jackson, is he's aware that something's up and he's trying to find out what's going on, correct? Um, I don't know that he was aware that something's up, but he just wanted to spy on them and figure out what's going on. Okay. All right. So what did you think of this first episode? So the first episode I feel like was interesting. It was kind of setting up the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt there were some uh, lines from Michael Ted Danson's character uh, that were pretty funny. You know, yeah. he he always has some funny things uh, where he's discovering human things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there were some funny lines with that. Um, it didn't grab me as much as like all the other episodes have where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is exciting and okay. stuff. Um, but I was like, cool. Yeah, it's back. Um, yeah, let's see what happens, you know? So it was kind of more of a setup episode. It felt like to me. Yeah. I would say that I think it's actually interesting. The thing that, um, we obviously glazed over because we didn't do like an in-depth review of the previous seasons is that Chidi and Eleanor, uh, kept falling in love and, Mm -hmm. um, in the good place or whatever. And this episode actually explores Chidi finding a new love interest. And I was surprised by that because I thought, oh, well, they're obviously going to like, she's going to go to Australia. He's going to teach her ethics. And then they're going to fall in love that way again, because that's their pattern. Right. But instead she, uh, Eleanor actually helps him find a date with, um, another colleague. Yeah. And I thought that was interesting. And then we see, um, Tahani, her growth is like, oh, I'm going to, get rid of all of my possessions. I don't, I don't want after almost dying, but really she kind of gets sucked back into wanting attention again because she, I forget the name of the book. Yes. But I forget the name of the book, but she writes a book like you don't need attention. And, but it's like literally like uh, the reason why she's writing the book is for attention. She, she like announced it on stage and exactly people and like opened her arms after. Yeah. You don't need validation from others. And that's why I wrote this book for, you know, like, it's like, well, okay, you're kind of writing a book for people to make you feel good. Like whatever. And then Jason's growth is basically, he almost dies from his whole weird robbery thing gone bad. Then he decides that the only thing he could do is to join a dance crew. Well, he had a dance crew, I think. And then he was like, we're going to win this competition. And they never win. And yeah, they go to a bunch of competitions and yeah. always fail. And yeah, it was very confusing for us at first. We're like, why are there like 40 people and they on were, the stage? And they talk about that because I was like, what the heck kind of dance group has like 50 yeah. people? Like, that's impossible. Yeah. And they're like, uh, you lost actually because you're disqualified. You're only allowed to have eight people. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> stuff like, like that. Yeah, that's funny. So basically, Michael goes to each person. The part where I was like, oh, no, was when... To Danzen playing Michael has to do an Australian accent to oh, talk yeah, to yeah. Chidi. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, why <laughs> yeah, is this happening? <laughs> but it was funny. I, I'm And I, it was good because they referenced that afterwards. Yeah. He's like, you like my Australian accent? It was so good. And, and Janet's then, like, yeah. no. Yeah. 
And so I think if they didn't do that, it would have been like, oh, God, don't I, do that. I think it's really funny that he agreed to do that, that he was yeah. like, oh, I'm going to look like an idiot doing this. <laughs> like, OK. Yeah. And I, then they also try to explain why Chidi doesn't have an accent, because the first episode, uh, I think she Eleanor is introduced to Chidi mm-hmm. and is told like, oh, he's French or something, whatever. Yeah, he but speaks she, French, but we you're hearing him speak English yeah. because that's. That, in the good place that whatever and then she's like well why is why does tahani have a british accent like oh well she's doing that yeah. like basically like yeah she was british but she is purposely making sure everyone knows that she's british so that made her like extra obnoxious because yeah. she wants to make sure that everyone knew so yeah so they're addressing chidi's accent because in this episode he basically is like oh i grew up here but i went to school in america and like basically like justifying why now when he's alive he doesn't have an accent yeah not just an accent but they said he spoke french and stuff so he spoke so he was speaking english and i was like oh crap he's on earth like how are they gonna do this now because he's speaking english all the time yeah and then she comes in and he speaks french for a second and then he's like oh i know english too or whatever so he explains all that and that just felt like okay it was funny but it felt kind of like it felt like people were like wait why doesn't chidi have why does chidi have um an american accent like in the flashbacks to when he's alive yeah and then they were like, well, we'll answer that in this episode. Yeah. And so they did it all at once. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think the problem was they made that decision very early on to do this whole like, oh, any language, blah, blah, blah. And it was sure. like, crap, that really messed us up for later. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we kind of answered it here. It's like, yeah, it's good enough. Just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> we'll so forget I mean, about it. I don't know if I have much else to say. I mean, that's pretty much the episode. Michael going into each person's life, making sure that they come together. They ultimately do. Because Michael's, like, pretending, like, at one point, Michael goes up to Jason and is like, oh, I'm actually, like, a dance crew manager, and you would be great. And you know where there's the best dance crews? Australia. Or he says something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Jason's like, uh, I'm kind of over that. And he's like, oh, okay, well, do you want to just go to Australia for <laughs> this reason, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as far as where the show's going to go, the the episode ends with, Sean basically realizing that something's up and you think, okay, Sean has come to earth to interfere with uh, all of the humans and what they're Mm -hmm. doing. But instead we see Adam Scott and Adam Scott, let me see what his care. Oh, Trevor. Yeah. So Trevor is, uh, I guess the head of the bad place. Like, yeah. Like, right. Like, so he's, the worst (laughs) and um he comes in and it's a surprise and of course the humans aren't going to recognize him because they don't remember anything that Mm -hmm. happened in the good place but us the audience are like oh no so they're going to do this whole thing uh at the university that or the university that chidi is working at Mm -hmm. they're going to do some type of like trial or whatever to see if they can see what is connecting all of them since they all had near-death experiences the one thing that i really liked about this show is that they change things so often right yeah like in the first season when she finds out that she's not in the good place i was like then what the hell is this show like (laughs) like i was like damn they did this in one season okay yeah and then in the second season when they're like okay she keeps finding out they're not in the good place like things that were happening in one episode felt like they could have happened in eight episodes Mm -hmm. and so they were going so quick 
And yeah. now, now that they're humans, I'm kind of like, where is this show going to go? Because are they going to go back to the good place? Are they going to stay on Earth? Are they, you know, like, what, where is it going? Yeah. So I, I would say that even though the humor may not have connected with me 100% as, mm-hmm. as it seems to connect with other people, I think the story is very interesting. Yeah. Um, and how quickly they're getting to points that I think in other shows it would take them a full season to even address. And then it's also not getting stale and, you know, like, oh, everything's happening right in the beginning. And then, you know, where's the show going to go from here? It can't go anywhere. It's like the possibilities are limitless, essentially. Like, you're like, oh, okay, now we're doing, oh, wow. Like, you know, everything is very different. It's very interesting. I'm curious where it's going to go. I definitely like Adam Scott. So, like, that's nice that he's there, you know? Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I, I think... I don't think we'll cover every episode, especially because we're very like, this is what I like, the end. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think maybe we'll come back to the show when the finale airs and we could talk about, or for this season, and then we could talk about that. Yeah, probably sounds good. Yeah. Uh, Also, recounting it and thinking about it more now, Mm -hmm. uh, I think I I did really like this episode. Uh, Yeah. You know, maybe maybe if we talked about it right after, too, I would have bit more positive yeah it, it definitely doesn't end in a way where you're like what oh my god yeah. but it ends in a way where you're like uh-oh what's yeah. gonna happen yeah so yeah. i think maybe that's why i wasn't like oh man like i can't wait but yeah there were uh, thinking about it more i'm like yeah there were a lot of good like jokes and funny parts and uh you know i liked how the story was going and yes it was really interesting with him having a different girlfriend and stuff and yeah seeing how that progresses um mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of different interesting things. Yeah, I'm very curious where it's going to go. And I think that um, I I noticed so many people like love this show. And for me, I'm like, yeah, I really like the plot. (laughs) But other people like really connect with it on different levels. So um, maybe we'll see where the season goes. Maybe I'll start to feel that way, too. I don't know. Yeah. All right. So we should go to our next topic. Yeah. Okay. All right. So now we're going to talk about night school which is the a comedy that just came out starring Kevin Hart and Tiffany Haddish. And I think for a while there's been a lot of trailers and you and I were kind of like, eh, it looks kind of funny. We really like Tiffany Haddish. But like we would see the trailer and we're like, okay, there are some parts that are good. Like the guy who played the principal, Taron Killam, the guy from SNL. Mm-hmm. Like we would see, see his part in the trailer and we're like, okay. But then for whatever reason, there was a lingering like, eh, maybe it won't be as good. Yeah, I think that's the feeling I was getting uh, as far as I think we used to really like Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw him live uh, doing comedy before. Um, but, you know, recently, I don't know, we haven't been such big fans. Yeah, it kind of seems like the same old thing. And- yeah, and I don't know if it's just because, like, has his comedy changed? Or is it just that maybe the stuff that we thought was funny before has just grown old? I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I, I kind of am just like, oh, okay, whatever. Yeah, but Tiffany Haddish we really like. And Kevin Hart I've liked in the movies I've seen him in even recently. So I thought... Okay. Yeah, we'll see that movie. Yeah, I was like, you know, I don't know. It looks like it could be bad, but hopefully with them, you know. And I think we even saw a recent trailer. I was like, you know what? It's gonna be funny. The the worst case scenario I thought would be there'd be some jokes that wouldn't land. So it'd be like a C maybe B minus comedy. 
in my opinion. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, I felt like it would probably, all the jokes would probably be funny, but I thought that, you know, maybe the story and stuff wouldn't be enough and it would kind of just not be so great. I think you're saying that now because we saw the movie. That's what (laughs) you think. But anyway, so we say all this to be like, this movie was a mess and it was weirdly so messy that even though there are parts that are funny, we didn't enjoy it. Does that make sense? <laughs> what I just said? Yeah. Okay. Cause I'm like, wait, what am I saying? But yeah. like, I, I saw that it was getting really bad reviews and I was like, guys get a sense of humor. It's just comedy. You yeah. know, like it's just like, you know, like, okay, it's getting really bad reviews, blah, blah, blah. Then I came across uh, a film critic that I like, I, uh, Got, literally, this is just like the first line of his review. Uh, it's Richard Lawson. He writes for Vanity Fair. And his uh, quote is, sloppy filmmaking and root jokes drag down a talented game cast in the, ho- in the ho-hum campus comedy. So basically he's saying... What? Okay. Did you say root jokes? Yeah, R-O-T-E. Oh, rote? Rote jokes. <laughs> I still don't remember what that means. Basically, he's saying the filmmaking interfered with the comedy. And I was kind of like, man, I like this critic. I think he has good reviews. I I don't necessarily always align with his thoughts and like whatever, but it made me a little bit concerned when I saw that. Rote means mechanical or habitual repetition of something to be learned. Hmm, Okay. Yeah. So we'll probably go into some of that. Yeah. Um. And I think he, I think this line sums it up, basically. The editing and the choices of the plot for this movie made the jokes that were, like, really good. And, and also the cast, I think a lot of them were really funny. Yeah. But it almost feels like it's for a waste because the movie was not good. Like, yeah. so, like it's so weird because normally you're like, well, it's funny. It's just like you'll just put it on and just laugh. But it was too messy. There was a fact that you kept wanting to share with me. So why don't you share it <laughs> now about the heart productions? Oh, sure. Uh, also, by the way, we're not doing spoilers yet, right? <laughs> no. Yes, we will. We will say when we're doing spoilers. You're so scared <laughs> that we're doing spoilers. I really so don't we, want people to get spoilers. I mean, okay. We're just talking right now. Yes. Okay. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So... I think I saw an interview where Kevin Hart was like, yeah, this is the first movie that I'm producing with my uh, production company, Heartbeat Productions. And you shared that fact with me like I was going to be blown away. (laughs) No, I I shared it with you like maybe I know something she doesn't. And (laughs) you were like, really? Like I thought he produced things before. And I was like, nope, this is the first one. And then I was like, nope, he's produced every one of his comedy specials that have come out in theaters. Yes, but that's not a movie. But he's released them theatrically as if they are movies. Yes, but they're not movies. Okay. Anyway, yes, this is a great achievement for him. His first (laughs) movie is that that he produced. I wasn't trying to say it was great. I was just trying to say it was a thing. You shared the information like, guess what? Like, really smug. No. And anyway, (laughs) the reason why I wanted you to bring that up though is because I think that's part of the problem in this movie. Yeah. I think he he's one of the writers. Apparently there are six writers, which is not a good sign cuz really? normally I think most projects have like two writers. Really? Maybe 
three if does tv yeah. have a lot more usually sure yes i'm talking about a movie i'm no, sorry I'm, I'm trying to understand that because i was like i thought there's yes with a movie many. there could be a team or with a tv show there could be a team of writers yeah different people write different episodes blah 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 with a movie because it's one movie yeah. it's usually one to two maybe three writers and okay. the more writers that get involved the bigger people start to worry about like uh oh like yeah. why are there so many people involved were there multiple rewrites it's really hard to have a large number of people writing one story blah 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 this just felt like kevin hart wanted to do multiple things in one movie and i don't know it just felt weird so yeah so without going into spoilers I would say that, you know, the movie, even the synopsis is like, which I mean, I guess anyone could have written the synopsis because it's from IMDb, but a group of troublemakers are forced to attend night school and hope that they'll pass the GED exam to finish high school. Troublemakers? Right? Yeah. Already that synopsis is like, no. Yeah. Um. Anyway. And, yeah. Okay. But to review this without spoiling, I would say that. Tiffany Haddish, the parts that she's in are funny. The parts where it's just mainly her, yeah. like leading the part or mm-hmm. the, that scene are funny. Uh, the principal, played by Taryn Killam from SNL, is funny, shockingly. Yeah. Because I was worried, like his whole bit, at least in the trailers, were that he kept like adopting a black voice and it was like, uh-oh. Is this going to get, like, weird or tired really quickly? Yeah. He was funny, I think, throughout the entire Yeah, I movie. think that was well done, that part of it. And then who else would you highlight? I think Rob Riggle. Yeah, he I think funny. he's been much better in other things. Oh, sure. I think, oh, sure. He, he I think was, everyone was much better well, in other yeah. things. But so. I, I, think, I think he was decent. And yeah, I think he was funny. Yeah, he was um, okay. And yeah, I, I don't really know who else to highlight as being super funny, but I would say Ben, ben Schwartz was good, but he hard, had hardly any part. This is the problem. A lot yeah. of people were in this movie, but they didn't have a lot to do. And then Kevin Hart had so much to do, but his stuff wasn't great. So and it my wasn't re- even that funny. His stuff. Yeah. So my review of it would be like parts are funny, but the movie is bad. I mean, like, I don't know what to say beyond that without like going into detail as to why it is. But like, like this review or quote that I'm reading from Richard Lawson, the editing is a major problem. And it feels like there's a lot more things that were filmed that were cut out of the movie and pieced together to make this movie. Yeah, it's like there was too much going on already, but then there wasn't enough. And it could have been so simple. It's such a simple plot. Like, literally, this is what I thought the movie was. Oh, um, Kevin Hart has to go get his GED. He has to take night school. He's going to have a really difficult teacher, and he's not taking it seriously. The end. That's what I thought it was. Yeah. Like, I thought he has to go for some reason. Tiffany Haddish is not going to, like, play around with him but she's going to be hilarious and he's going to try to take advantage of like her niceness or whatever. And then he learns a lesson at the end and gets his GED. Yeah. That, simple. Mm-hmm. Instead, this movie goes into like relationship expectations. Um, 
there's a huge thing about like learning disabilities, which I don't necessarily think is a negative, but it's like, it's, it's a lot to put in this comedy. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Let's okay. So basically we would say, don't see it. <laughs> like, unfortunately, yeah, like I, I would say, you know, I have a history of liking comedies that are not great that everybody else thinks are terrible. Yeah. Um, but this one, I would agree. I don't think it was very good. It wasn't really worth seeing, unfortunately. Yeah. But, you know, there were funny parts. But I think as a movie on the whole, it's just still, like, not good enough to watch the whole thing. Yeah. The editing was just too much. It was the, and the the plot that they were trying to go yeah, into. Yeah. I think the plot was a big problem. Yeah. And the editing I, well. I And honestly, like, I don't know if this is coming across. I'm shocked how crazy this movie was. Like, I just, yeah. I'm surprised because it seems like it could have been so simple. And I'm not saying, like, simple movies are always better, but, like, for a comedy, it's like, what? Yeah, and you I know? think from hearing Kevin Hart talk about it as well and thinking about the movie, I think he was trying to really, you know, say something with the movie and Mm. have like a message and stuff. And I think that was the problem, basically. I think he was trying to do that in a comedy. And I don't think they did a good enough job of mixing the two at all. Sure. I think it just failed at both. Sure. And I think maybe unintentionally his ego might have been the problem. Yeah. Maybe he didn't realize that he was trying to make this which i mean a lot of people make movies that they produce about them but why get so many great people and not use them it just seems like a waste so yeah. that's our non-spoiler review of this movie like whatever but let's go into spoilers okay spoiler time yes so it started out kind of funny where you're seeing like a flashback of Kevin Hart in high school, right? Yeah. And I thought that was kind of funny because they do nothing really to de-age him except give him cornrows. Like they didn't really and, like... And a baggy sweatshirt. Yeah, they, the wardrobe, but like they didn't really do anything else to make him look younger. So that yeah. was that was funny to me. Um, his He has a sister uh, played by Brisha Webb, who's on uh, Marlin. Yeah. And we watch Marlon and she's really funny. Yeah. It's interesting because her character on Marlon is like, you know, the friend of the ex-wife. So the, the disapproving friend. Like she doesn't like Marlon basically or, or gives him a hard time a lot. Right. Yeah. I feel like they tried to do that um, with another character in this movie played by Kevin Hart's girlfriend's friend. Her her name, the actress's name is Yvonne uh, Orjai, I believe. I don't know how to pronounce her last name, but she's on Insecure. Anyway, he like it's a big buildup like, oh, she doesn't like me. And you think you're going to get that back and forth between them, like her giving him a hard time and him like giving her a hard time, whatever. That never happens. Yeah, there was nothing. So for whatever reason, they so this is what I'm talking about. Like, why are you bringing these people? Because it just seems like a waste. I even forgot about that. Exactly. Brisha Webb, we've seen her in Marlin. She's really funny. She gets like two lines. Yeah. Like she doesn't get to do anything. So it's like, why even cast her in this movie then? Yeah. If you're not going to use her. His best friend is uh, Ben Schwartz. Um, And in high school, it looks like he uh, had a difficult time taking a test. And you could see 
visually, like the things on the paper lift off and he's not able to focus. So you know that there's something going on with him. For whatever reason, the moment he has to take a test, he just can't focus. Yeah. Correct? And then... Yeah, not just tests, I don't think, but yeah. Well, at least that's what we're seeing visually. Yeah, sure. And then his also classmates with uh, Taryn Killam, who apparently is very smart and picks on him um, for not being smart. And that's about yeah. it there. Okay. So cut to present day and Kevin well, Hart. And Kevin Hart humiliates him. Yes. That's yeah. a, a plot there. Um, but cut to present day and Kevin Hart seems to have everything. He's been employee of the month multiple times at his barbecue uh, supply like sales sales yeah. thing whatever and he has a really beautiful girlfriend and he has a nice car like things are going his way right yeah, it, was, it was that that was kind of interesting i thought because i was like uh you know it, it ended the high school sequence with like him quitting high school right when he has to take the final like exam yeah uh, standardized test and he's like, don't worry, I'll be, like, amazing and have everything I want and a hot girlfriend and a cool car and whatever. And I don't need this school. Yeah. And then he does. And I'm just like, what? Yeah, I wasn't so, expecting that. So everything's going his way. His uh, The owner of the store that he works for is like, you know, you're like the son I never had. He actually has a son. But, you know, whatever. There's, like, light jokes. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then he's like, you know, when I'm planning on giving you this company when I retire. I'm going to give it to you. So Kevin Hart decides for whatever reason to be like, act like he already has the money when he doesn't. So he buys his girlfriend a huge engagement ring. He, um, well, it wasn't even that it'd be, it wasn't the fact that he was giving it to him before that he was already, uh, living paycheck to paycheck because he got like a Porsche, but he really can't afford it. Exactly. Porsche, so so you living. find out that his lifestyle, he's presenting something that he can't actually afford. Yeah. Okay. So he decides, uh, he, or the one scene that I was like, I don't know that he goes to dinner with his girlfriend who's like doing great. She's a successful like interior designer or something. I don't know. And she goes to dinner with, um, Kevin Hart and her friend that doesn't like him, but it's never really explored. (laughs) And, and, um, they, the chef who she is going to work with decides to pay for the dinner. Then Kevin Hart, for some reason is like, no, 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 no. I'll pay. Or no, I'm sorry. The girlfriend's like, I'll pay. I don't want to take a client, uh, client's money. Yeah. And then Kevin Hart's like, no, I'll pay. And it's like the I think it it hit me kind of like with this like, oh, is this like a frail masculinity thing? Like yeah. you like I I think maybe That's what it was. I think I think I'm just tired of that. Like as far as like humor goes, I'm just like, okay, well, whatever. I mean I, you know, for all the problems of the movie, I think it did an okay job of showing different things like this mm-hmm. with the frail masculinity uh, mm-hmm. and exploring that and finding a way to grow and stuff. Uh, they did that in a couple parts. I would love you to explain what those parts were. Cause I don't know what you're talking about, but well, okay. I mean the growth in that section, we'll get to it. But yeah. like by the end, he's like, you know, uh, shows that he, um, you know, couldn't learn and stuff and he didn't have a lot of money and, 
then like accepts her help and says, okay, you can pay for things and whatever. And so he kind of breaks it down there. Sure. Lame. Um, (laughs) so anyway, the dinner scene, basically what the point I'm trying to get to is that he offers to pay and then her friend is like, yeah, let him pay. Cause she's trying to like call his bluff. Like she knows he's broke or whatever. And so then he looks over to Ben Schwartz and Ben Schwartz is like, oh no, you're going to do this thing. So he distracts the girlfriend and he plucks his own or Kevin Hart plucks his pubes and throws it onto the food. And then acts like, oh, my God, gross. You gave me this food. Like, I can't eat this. And then the waiter's like, I think you planted this. Yeah. And none of that worked for me. I don't know. The pube thing was pretty ridiculous. I think could have just taken a hair out of his head. Sure. I, I'm talking about just like humor wise. Like, I get yeah. I get the joke. Right. Sure. It just wasn't funny to me. And I don't know okay. if I'm just being like annoying like no whatever and other people would think that's funny but for me i was just like okay whatever you know like it just was like not funny to me anyway so then they get their meal comped whatever and then he proposes to his girlfriend and when he proposes to her he decides to do this elaborate thing in the barbecue place because he's about to be the owner and he opens a champagne bottle it hits like a propane tank or something. Yeah. And uh disconnects the line from the top of it. Yeah. And he his fiance goes outside and she's like recording herself like, oh my God, I just got engaged. Blah blah blah. And then all of a sudden we see an explosion where Kevin Hart like doesn't die. But Yeah, that was ridiculous. So, he was in the place. Yeah. The place explodes, which yeah. I'm like, uh wait, what? The movie's yeah. over. What what's going on? Yeah. And he just flies back into his car, breaks the windshield, and is like, You oh. know what's funny? I, I wasn't even mad at the logic of that. I was just like, okay. We're in the <laughs> we're in, we're in a world where he would just fly out of the building. But we weren't in a world. <laughs> there was I, no world. I, it was just that I know it was the beginning yep, of the he movie. Was totally fine. Yeah, I mean, it's whatever. Like, he what? I don't even think he had any burnt clothing. No. Like, yeah. I was like, wow, he's going to be in the hospital for a while because nope, he t- smashed his head really hard and there's glass back there. No, nothing. I, w- I was okay with that. You the- know what? We are in a world where no one gets injured at all for more than 10 seconds. I know, because there's a we'll major scene. Later. Yes, yeah. <laughs> a major scene. It's a major Somewhat, scene. Yeah, sure. Anyway, um, so basically to go on the logic train, I was like, you know what? It's comedy, whatever. I- I'm not even going to poke a hole yet. Okay. At least the, that's where I was. The part where I was like, this isn't landing for me was the comedic part where he's like, he is blown out of the building. He lands on his car and he's doing a whole bunch of bits. Right. Yeah. That, that wasn't funny to me. Yeah. You know, so, so that was the part I had an issue with. I don't care about any of the other like logical stuff that doesn't make sense. It's just like, that's not funny. Sure. Okay. So his, the owner of the place is like, oh, sweet. I can claim insurance on this bye yeah that's the other thing we don't even see that well he says it it. yeah Yeah, i know which was like a little like uh, whatever let's keep them like cut for editing yeah let's keep it moving i i don't care and so kevin hart is like okay what am i gonna do now and so ben schwartz is like well you can work for my company but you need to have a ged and that's when he's like okay i'm gonna go back to my school i'll just talk to the principal they'll just sign something it'll be fine which I got a high school diploma, so I don't know how, like, 
that works to get your GED. But I don't know in what world you would ever just get a signature from a principal to get your... Like, I feel like you do have to take a test, at least. I don't think you could just, like, talk your way into it. I believe so. Right? I mean, maybe I'm speaking, obviously, from a place where I don't know, but whatever. He goes back to the high school. The principal happens to be the kid that he picked on in high school, or and the kid well, who picked on him. Yeah. And we find out that when he was in high school, Kevin Hart made this kid reveal that he had three nipples and everyone made fun of him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like that's that supposed, that. that's supposed to be funny. And I'm just like, okay. And, and I'll say this, there were people, there were other people in the theater and they were that's laughing. True. Yeah. They were cracking. So up. like, maybe it's just us. Maybe we're just like, mm, we're too highbrow for this. <laughs> like, I, I don't know, but Not like, me, usually, yeah, that's why I'm just like, Okay, I, I don't You're know. You're like, I'm too highbrow, but Kyle isn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kyle's a really lowbrow. <laughs> well, and I was just kind of like, okay, whatever. So um, he talks to the principal. The principal hates him. He tells him there's not night school, but there is a night school. Oh, also earlier, uh, he passes by Tiffany Haddish, not knowing who she is. Yeah. And this is, where, this is where it's funny because Tiffany Haddish is basically just like making fun of him. Yeah. And it's funny. And I don't know what to really clarify, like why her stuff worked beyond her delivery. Yeah. And I just think like her delivery, what she said. And I'm very the curious fact that it was just a quick back and forth thing. And it wasn't so much about the story. Sure. Maybe that's it. Her yeah. stuff worked immediately. And so her, I'm cu- her part of the story, I think, also was simple and was the plot that we wanted to see. That's true. Her plot was, I'm a teacher. I don't have time for your nonsense. I'm going to clown you every second I have. That was yeah. a basic. And that I'm going to teach you and you're going to get your GED. And yeah. It's like, bam. OK, that's the movie. Those interactions were funny. <laughs> yeah. So when the principal's like, oh, we don't have night school. He bumps into Tiffany Haddish and she's like, oh, great. This guy again. And then she mentions that there's night school and basically uh, the principal's like, oh, damn it. Like I was trying to get him out of here because I don't like him. But now he's going to take these night classes quickly. uh, He thinks he can charm Tiffany Haddish and also all this stuff. He's going to night school without telling his girlfriend for whatever reason. So he's in a relationship with someone who doesn't know that he never actually graduated with a diploma and he's engaged to her but doesn't want to tell her where he's going at night and, and she's it, totally fine with it and they never even said what his excuse was that so, he was out so late. this is where so in the middle of the movie or maybe right after the movie i was like the romantic element didn't even need to be there it could have just been a man who had a job lost it realized he needed money he needs a ged to get good jobs and he goes and gets his GED. The end. Yeah. But instead, it became like, well, he wants to impress his girlfriend and he needs to make sure that she doesn't know that. But like, it's just like messy. Yeah. It's, it, it's just too much for the movie. I'm trying to simplify it. I know. I, I'm saying I, I think that I understand what they were doing with it because they were trying to play up a whole nother angle of the thing about him wanting to pay and do all these things and him keeping it from him and him growing in this way where he realizes that he was blaming it on, he needs to do it to keep his girlfriend. But really it was because he was ashamed. I think he got over that. So I mean, (laughs) I think the 
this movie, here's the thing. I think this movie does a thing that I don't like where there's an unneeded romantic element. Okay. And then the, the other person involved in the relationship has no real purpose or character development. So like the girlfriend is like, we know she's good at her job and we know she's pretty and that's it. Right. Kevin Hart has no chemistry with this actress. I don't know who this actress is. I'm sure she's fine, but there's like, I don't believe they're really together. I don't believe. So like when, when she's just, when he's just staying out late going to night school and he just comes home. Yeah. I guess that's how it works because they literally have nothing going on between them. It's just like pointless. Yeah. So like my, my purpose or my point for pointing that out is at least make her funny Make her like something. What, why is she there? Yeah. So anyway. Well, like I said, though, I think there is a plot reason for it. Yes, I'm sorry. When I say why is she there? I mean, there's no reason for her to be there. <laughs> I'm not really trying to dissect why they I, I get it. They put her there for a reason. But I think okay. it's I think it's shallow. I think it's not a really well-developed reason. Well, what I'm trying to say is I think they were trying to say something with her being there. Yes. And I think they did that. But I agree also that if you're going to do that, you need to do something with her mm-hmm. instead of just using her for that reason. What they do with her, though, is that she's basically like, hmm, where are you? And then at one point she's like, I know why you're out late. You have cold feet, which is like, what? Yeah. So I was like, so you're out late? What? So you're you're coming home late because you're nervous about getting married versus the regular assumption would be you're cheating on me. Yeah. And I feel like Kevin Hart, who <laughs> has had uh, major stories about him cheating like multiple times, was like, ooh, let's not let's not bring that up. Yeah. Let, let's say I had cold feet. And it's like, what? <laughs> Like, yeah, it, it just seems like an odd thing to say. Anyway, yeah, that was weird. The other reason why they bring her up or the reason why she's there, at least in my opinion, is because she's pretty. And so at one point she's like, hey, where are you? Why aren't you at our house together? It's late. <laughs> um, and she sends him like a sexy picture of her in her lingerie. And then he gets home after night school and she's asleep and he's like, oh, I should study. But then he looks at her. and She's like, oh, she's so pretty. But she's asleep. So what are you going to be doing with her? She's asleep. Then she turns over so you could see her butt. And there are comedic elements in this because he keeps seeing Tiffany Haddish like yelling, yelling at him, like, go yeah. study, go do this. But I'm if I'm just talking about this character, that was her per- the end. That was her point. She was there to be pretty, wear lingerie in one scene, get mad that he lied and then take him back. Yeah. That was it. Yeah, that was stupid. It's just dumb. Anyway, so night school, this is where also it's weird because I thought, okay, he's going to get in class. He's not going to really want to do the work. He's going to want to steal the information. He's going to either not be able to do it or realize that it's wrong. And then he's going to really study and then accomplish his goal. And everyone in the class passes or whatever. So in this movie, though, they decide to steal the test there's a whole scene where they're like go which this is where some of the comedic part is like rob riggle is like hey guys and he's wearing like a yellow hoodie and everyone's wearing black and they're he's like i told you to wear black and he's like oh yeah but it's laundry day but this is clean though and he's like you know like it's like yeah. he's kind of clueless and dumb uh they almost get caught they have to go up on the roof of the school 
and jump over to the other building. There's a young student who uh, just does it. Well, one thing I have to say as an engineer, I have to say that the part where she's hacking on the computer is completely stupid. But oh, I anyway. I glazed right over that. Yeah, yeah. I guess. She's yeah. like writing a C program for no reason. It's like, what are you even doing? Anyway, just had <laughs> I, I had to even, bring it up. Real yeah, quick, sure. So. No, it's good. Go um, so anyway, when they're leaving, Rob Riggle jumps. He uh, Kevin Hart basically well, well, pumps well, well, him hold up. On. What? Before that, Rob Briggle said that he worked for a moving company and really messed up his knees and back. Yes. And that's why he's going to do the GED so he can move up to management. So with that background. Yes. Kevin Hart pumps up. He's like, you can do it. You can do it. And he's like, I can only jump three feet. And he's like, don't worry. All you need to do is like run. You'll be able to do it. And then you think he's going to be able to do it. He makes it kind of holds onto the building, falls in a very dramatic physical like did he just die on camera like basically falls on a railing breaks his arm whatever this part was shocking and funny yeah right then they do a thing where it was a little too much for me where like a character is so grossed out because his arm is like in a weird position and he's all gross which was also weird because his arm didn't actually look like it was in that weird of a position no it did not right yeah it was like if i just put my arm behind my head that's like basically it i was i was willing to go with (laughs) the you know what i mean like i was looking over that but but, it's so weird because it's like you could just put his arm in his sweatshirt and put a fake fake arm arm, yeah and put it some in some weird position yeah it really didn't look that weird Mm -hmm. i don't know again i was willing to let it go right okay and then uh one character is so grossed out by it he throws up on him and it keeps going yeah and keeps editing going. Choice, way and too long. editing choice, or maybe that humor just doesn't stick with me because people think that's funny, like like gross out, like yeah. bodily like stuff. Like I I just yeah. don't. So anyway, that happens. Next scene, Rob Riggle's fine. No addressing any of his injuries. It's the next day. He's totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> the scene prior, he was like, I think there was like some blood. He's like, you know, but next day, totally fine. Not in the cast. Didn't need to go. Also, we don't know how the other people got across. Yeah. Never mentioned like, okay, they're all like grown people. Were they able to just do it? Yeah. No. When the alarm went off, did anybody like search and find Rob Riggle just (laughs) on the ground? (laughs) Like, nope. So like, again, you could like let it go. But for me, that was the beginning of me being like, okay, I can't let this go anymore. Well, here's the other thing. The... (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm ready. Go ahead. The uh, principal is apparently the one who's making the midterm that they're taking, that they're trying to steal. And then after all this, he suspects that they stole it. But still gives out the same midterm. Exactly. Just change the questions. Yeah. Like, if you think maybe, change the question, like standard teacher move. Yeah. So it's like, uh, what the heck? (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, whatever. So Tiffany Haddish... Knows that's but I oh. let that go. Okay, you let that go. Okay, that one I let go. Okay, I I mean I I kind of thought the same thing, and I was just like, whatever, it's fine. But Tiffany Haddish then suspects, like, okay, you guys all got great grades on this. You cheated. Rob Riggle had a hilarious line there. Yeah, and so he was funny. <laughs> so like, I yeah. think I think what well, we're it was the line was uh, <clears throat> he's like, uh, or she's like, 
yeah. how did you get everything right? Yeah, or how did you guys get like you you guys wouldn't gotten perfect scores or whatever? He's like, no, I definitely did not get a perfect score because I purposely left some wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just he like, said oh it's so God. like yeah. see. He's like, no, 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 I was good. (laughs) So, like, with all the negative things that we're saying, there are parts that are funny. Like, Rob Riggle's funny. The principal's funny. Tiffany Haddish is funny. Like, when she's, like, yelling at everybody, funny. Great. Um, I guess then uh, what Kevin Hart is like, oh, I did it. Don't blame anyone else. It was me. And she kicks him out of the class. And then he sees that she is teaching a student who's in uh, special education and uh, she, he connects with her and basically like, oh, if I had a teacher like you, I would have been doing better. She allows him to come back into the school or into her class, but wants him to take some type of testing to make sure to see where his... If he has learning disabilities or anything. And basically finds out he has multiple learning disabilities. Like, Does Kevin Hart, has he ever spoken about his I, kids have learning disabilities? I have no idea, no. I, I forget if that was a thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I so. But um, basically, he finds out he has multiple disabilities. And you're like, okay, I didn't see that coming. I thought it was just that he didn't want to do stuff. But like, well, okay. I, I knew that's what they were going at. Because I they didn't talked know about if it. they were really going to expose it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, maybe she'll help him with it. Yeah, okay, great. Then there's like comedic parts because she's trying to teach him in unconventional ways. Like go into like a ring to fight like a MMA style like yeah that was interesting i would have liked if they she kind of went over what the method was there exactly basically beat it into like, yeah. i don't know like whatever it was like got to get your focus up or something i'm like uh, what like, it, basically it's an, an excuse to watch kevin hart get his ass kicked yeah, by tiffany haddish i believe so but yeah. it would have been yeah so maybe they couldn't explain it but if they could have it would have been good too, I think. Sure. Okay. Uh, by the way, his parents were funny too. Yes. His parents were funny and they're in it for like. They're dynamic. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. A couple scenes. Yeah. And they're funny. Okay. Um, I, I don't even know where else to go with this movie. Like, okay. She tries to teach him. Um, what's next? Eventually uh, she gets through to him a bit and then uh, they take the test. I think, well, before basically. they take the test for reasons I don't understand, they're like, okay, it's the last night of class. And they're like, oh, I don't want to study anymore. And she's like, no, we're going to celebrate. Here's champagne. Just congratulations for getting through the class. And what? It's prom night at this school. You guys should all join in. And like Kevin Hart's like, did you guys go to prom? And it's like, what is this turning into now? Like, like you guys are in night school because you didn't really like have a high school experience or because you didn't graduate like whatever yeah and so then they go to prom and it's an excuse to be like let's watch them all dance and be goofy okay fine and were there just like a bunch of professional dancers who were totally not high school age (laughs) there was that just me what i thought was weird and maybe it's just like we're getting to a point where we're not able to identify like ages anymore but i felt (laughs) like all these people are grown as fuck. Like, yeah, like, no, I think that's correct. <laughs> I was like, why are there a bunch of 25-year-olds <laughs> dancing? I, I don't know. Like, I get if there's a few people because they're the people we're following, but 
Why is everyone I don't, like I don't, graduating? I feel like I'm gonna start already? crying. I don't know why, <laughs> but I felt like every single I person. Like, I was like, I'm crazy. <laughs> like maybe they are young, but no, they were they were like older <laughs> professional dancers. <laughs> like there are professional dancers who are high school well, age. Okay, okay. I don't think they were professional dancers. I think, are you saying you thought they were older because they were so good at dancing? No, or, no. Because okay, I'm okay. saying like, you see these like Gap commercials. <laughs> They're little kids who are great dancers. You could have gotten them. You could have gotten a Gap kid. I'd, I'd, I'd rather have a 10-year-old than a 28-year-old. Uh, anyway, so they go to prom. And are you okay? Yeah, I'm sorry. This movie is just, I feel like I'm going crazy. Uh, uh, they go to prom and for whatever reason and they're just dancing whatever and it's like comedic because they're dancing earlier the principal also friended kevin hart's fiance so he can talk to her and get her to do some interior design work at the high school but basically he just wants to get kevin hart caught which my thing was how did he know that he didn't tell how did the principal know that kevin hart wasn't open with his girlfriend about yeah, him taking the Yeah, I was trying to classes. remember if maybe that came up while he was in the room, but I don't think not. it ever did, and it just so, seemed yeah. like pointless. So anyway, while they're in uh, at the prom, at one point they're dancing, and for no reason, Kevin Hart's like, oh, uh, well, okay, I think Tiffany Haddish is like, you know what, you did a really good job. I'm really proud of you, and I think you're going to pass the test. You'll be You'll be great. And then Kevin Hart's like, Ooh, I have a girlfriend. Like, I know there's like chemistry between us, but like, he didn't even get to the girlfriend part. He oh, was he, just like, I, I can see like there's chemistry and blah blah blah. Which was like, what? Like, it felt like out of nowhere, and not like a comedic out of nowhere, but like, it felt weird. And then that's when Tiffany Haddish repeatedly is like, I'm gay. I'm not attracted yeah, to you. Yeah, that was the confusing part that wasn't funny where she like said it and then said it again. I'm like, what is his problem? Why is he not understanding her? Yeah, it just felt like it was it, it clearly the joke was he thinks he's so attractive that she's falling in love with him. And it's so clearly the opposite because she's not even attracted to him. That That is the yeah. joke, right? But it just felt and sweaty. And he can't possibly understand that someone is Wouldn't it be gay? attracted to him? I don't know. I, it was that was confusing. I was like, what? Yeah, it it felt weird and I was just like, okay, uh-oh. Now Kevin Hart's girlfriend walks in and she's like, what's happening here? At that point, wouldn't you be like I'm I'm taking night school classes. <laughs> I, like and, and for some reason I'm in this prom with fully grown people. So yeah. what do you want? Like but instead he's just like, uh 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 she walks out, they meet right outside the school or whatever and all the night school people were like oh he talks about you and blah blah and whatever and she's like oh so you lied to me you think i just care about materialistic things and i wouldn't have supported you i guess i don't know you engagement off like basically no, i guess you don't know me sure engagement which was over. a good point okay and, and we don't know her either yeah we don't know her as the audience so we're like <laughs> okay bye like <laughs> And then it's just like, okay. So then after that, he's like, okay, I'm not even going to get my GED now. And it's like, wait, what? 
Yeah, that was dumb. He's been working at a chicken or a fried chicken place this entire time. And he decides because his girlfriend broke up with him, he doesn't need to get the GED anymore, even though he doesn't like what he's doing. And he could get a job with his friend. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> it's dumb. Again, this is why I'm saying the girl is unnecessary because <laughs> like... He well, can't. no, according to that, it's very necessary because what else could have possibly made him not want to I'm get saying it? his character should have wanted to be like, oh, my friend has a job and I need to get a GED. Let me do that. Yeah, but what would have derailed him? Uh, the fact that he has a learning disability and has to learn how to uh, like all this stuff in an unconventional way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, so basically Tiffany Haddish has to confront him with the principal and say like, you're going to take this class and whatever. And he takes it. And in a surprising move, everyone passes, but him. Yeah. That was interesting. I was like, are they going to have him not pass? Like, yeah. Nah, and I was that like, would be weird. Like, how could they, what would they do at that point? But I'm like, maybe. So he takes it multiple times and he keeps failing and you're like, Oh, okay. A lot of times. Yeah. And then finally, with really no difference as to why. Yeah, just randomly. I thought he was like going to go back and start taking a couple classes again or something. Yeah. For whatever reason, then he passes. Like really well, too. Yeah. Like extraordinary, which, but it doesn't show like he did this different. No, he passes. And then the movie, and then like he's, they're doing their graduation speech and the principal's like, I'm allowing the grown people <laughs> from night school to be here and they're going to speak right now. And Kevin Hart starts talking and I didn't really think it was that funny when he's like, Oh, my dad didn't believe in me. And these are all the things he said to me. I was just like, okay, yeah, they were kind of funny, whatever his girlfriends in the audience, they get back together. The end. Right. Yeah. I don't know if I even did a good job of explaining this movie, but basically it's just I like, think so. It's just like the funny parts, like the scenes that I thought were really funny were Tiffany Haddish in the classroom, um, the principal talking, Rob Riggle, the girl from 24, who I don't know her name, but... Chloe uh, in 24. Yeah. Like, that was kind of funny, kind of weird. Yeah, it was very weird, and it was kind of funny. Yeah. and She was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm saying her situation and stuff was, like, not that funny, but she did a good job. Because her situation at one point, she, her husband's like, when are you going to get home? It's 10 o'clock, blah, blah. And it kind of seems like, are you in a, an abusive relationship? Because this guy seems like a dick. But then all of a sudden, she just says, like, you need to support me and stop being a baby. And I want to have sex. And then it's like, <laughs> okay, they're they're good again. Okay. Yeah. It, Again, it is weird. There are too many layers in this movie. They're trying to do so much. And I wish it was just like we said, a simple, I need to get my GED. And uh-oh, the principal of the school is a guy I used to pick on. And the my teacher is not willing to just let me skate by. Yeah. And now hijinks. Into, you know, like like a typical, maybe it wouldn't have been unique, but it would have been simple. Yeah, and like we didn't clear. even bring up the uh, waiter who got fired thing. Oh yeah, the waiter it wasn't who a was a big thing. Yeah, but they it, kept bringing it up. Yeah, I just I don't know. I thought it was messy. I think it's unfortunate that they had such great people. Yeah, and there's also that guy uh, from Forty Year Old Virgin. Oh yeah, he was kind of a weird character. Yeah, which 
also, have we seen him since then? <laughs> like, he's, he was funny in that movie. He's on a show right now, I think, called Million Little Things that looks bad, funny. in my opinion. But I think he's been working consistently. It's just that they haven't been big huh. successes. Yeah, because he was, like, really funny in 40-Year-Old Virgin a long yeah. time ago. And then when I saw him in this, I was like, oh, my God, like, he looks sick. No. What? Like, like really skinny. Like, his head is like this, okay. and then the rest of his body is, like, way skinny. I don't know. I think he you looks... Didn't to- no, I did not notice that at I all. I think he looks... scared. <laughs> <laughs> what? You look really scared, so... I was, yeah. yeah. Okay. I was like, is this a horror movie now? Okay, let's no, just, just end kidding. this review. Let's <laughs> just end this review. Basically, it's disappointing. There were funny parts, but shockingly, because of the editing, we're, like never gonna watch this again yeah. we don't even want to recommend it like if if you were thinking oh maybe i'll just like watch a com this comedy to like while away the time it's like no just watch anything else like yeah. or anything else that all of them even other kevin hart movies just watch another kevin hart yeah. movie right along was good sure or watch like tiffany haddish and um girls, girls trip. trip or watch rob riggle and all the funny things he's done you know like just yeah taron killam is funny on snl watch all his skits just this movie was like whatever it's just like not great yeah all right let's go on to our next topic okay so i wanted us to talk about forever last week on our last episode we started with episodes one two and three this show is on amazon prime it's eight episodes in total uh it was created by alan yang who was involved with master of none and matt hubbard who worked on 30 rock and parks and rec and, and somebody from The Good Place, right? A lot of the writers are from The Good Place. Gotcha. Yeah. And we talked about all that last week when we were talking about the first three episodes. So yeah. if you want to listen to this review, it is 100% filled with spoilers because there's a major thing that happens right at the beginning. So that's what we're going to get into now. Okay? Yep. So Spoilers. Yes. So like we mentioned last week... um, the main twist of this show, we thought it was just like a relationship comedy of about um, Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph, Oscar and June. But we find out that actually they're both dead. And the, I guess, idea of the show is that they're forever with each other because they are dead. Right? Yeah, I think the idea was they were forever with each other when they were live and oh, look, now they're forever with each other. When yeah, dead. and we kind of ended in a way where Maya Rudolph's character seemed to be, like, unhappy when she was alive, and she seemed okay with Oscar, but maybe there was something missing, and once he died, she was really sad, but she was like, you know what, I'm going to do things for myself. Like, this is me, and this is what I'm going to be doing. And then she dies, and you're like, what? Like, okay. So the next four episodes, or episode four, five, six, seven, and eight... The first episode is Case, which is their neighbor. They have a neighbor who moves in. They still don't really understand the world that they're in. Um, And that's played by Catherine Keener. And she is this neighbor who's not really, like, into being nice or, like, friendly. She's just kind of like, okay, what do you want? Like, whatever. And she seems mysterious. And Maya Rudolph is, like, very interested by her and, like, wants to know what she's up to. Um. Episode five is called Another Place, and that plot is Oscar helps Mark prepare for a date. June and Case make a discovery. So basically, June and Case go walking somewhere, and Case reveals to June, oh, 
those are the currents. Those are the living people. If you kind of tap them or touch them in a certain way, you could suck their energy and you become stronger and they kind of get a little weak for a second. Which they lose energy by going farther from the place where they started. From where the, where the fountain. fountain. Yeah. Yes. And so that was kind of interesting. You're like, ooh, okay, what's happening? And then they get um, uh, a man in a suitcase is like, you're going to go to... A man with a suitcase. <laughs> what did I say? I think you said a man in a suitcase. Oh, sorry. A man with a <laughs> like, suitcase. How? <laughs> yeah, it basically... Actually, briefcase. Yeah. Stops them and is like, oh, you guys want to go to um, Oceanside, I think. Yeah. And... She's like, oh, I can't, I can't go without Oscar, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it ends with like, there's this mysterious place, but maybe she'll tell Oscar about it, whatever. And the guy says, Oscar can't go. It's not for him. Yes. Episode six then is completely different characters. We see it's called Andre and Sarah. So we see these two realtors um, basically make a connection through different stages in their life. They seem to be like maybe in their late 20s, early 30s. They meet each other at some house because they're both realtors. And uh, Sarah's in a relationship, but doesn't tell Andre until after they've kissed. They've had this like great... Just one little kiss. Yeah, they've had this great time with each other. It seems like, oh, okay, yeah, they're going to date. And then she's like, oh, I'm engaged. And it's like, oh, that's weird that you didn't bring that up like hours ago. Um, and then we see them again and it seems like, oh, maybe they both broke up with people and now they're having a relationship, but oh, actually they're both married and even Andre has a kid and they're just in an empty house that's for sale, pretending kind of playing house. Um, yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. And then they, it's, it's implied that they keep meeting up. And at this point, Sarah's like, you know what? Let's just tell our significant others it's over so we can be together, so we don't have to sneak around. And Andre's like, uh, can we do that after my kid's birthday? I don't want her to remember her yeah. seventh birthday as me leaving or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she, Sarah's like, ooh, okay, well, then we're going to have to do it after my parents come. Like, it, it seems like they were trying to be like, oh, there's no real right time to do it. But they were like, we have to just do it now. Okay. Exactly. And then and I was afraid, like, Okay, well, one of them's going to do it and the other one's not. Cut to, I think they're significantly older. It seems like it's been like 30 years, maybe 40 years or something. And uh, Andre goes back to the house where they originally met. He sees that the sign outside is Sarah's real real estate company. So maybe she owns a company now. And it seems very obvious that they never left their significant others. And he wants to talk to her. And the realtor inside is like, oh, I'm sorry, Sarah died. And he sits there and is like, oh, we never could find the right timing or we never could get together. Also, this is right. This house was like right down the block from where they are dead. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, where Oscar and June, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so... Basically, this the episode ends with you being like, man, like you were kind of rooting for them to get together. They never got together. And then she died. And he basically felt like he 
never really was able to connect with her. And it cuts to Maya Rudolph as a former just watching him and implied that she was able to see the history of all of this. Yeah, and I don't the, know. Yeah, it's, it seems implied because she seems kind of like, oh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to make that mistake. I'm not going to not act on what I want to do because the next episode, she abruptly leaves. Yeah, I know. I, that is something I'd like answered, though. If there's anyone out there who Watch has, this. Yeah, has some sort of idea, because I'm like, I don't think there's any facility in which she would have been able to see all of that. But yeah. I don't know if she can get enough of it from him just having the small conversation with the realtor who was there about oh, we were supposed to see each other or whatever, and we Yeah, maybe that's time. all she saw. Yeah, but, but so I'm just, like, wondering. I am, too, yeah. and I'll get to that in a second. Um, episode 7 is Oceanside. Basically, June decides, leaves uh, Oscar note, like, I'm leaving with Case. We're going to another place. I'm sorry. Bye. And at first, Oscar's like, well, she'll come back, whatever. Yeah. But then he decides, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go find her. And at first you think he's going to go find her because he wants to be with her. But he finds her and where she is, she's in this like, seems like a ritzy, like everyone has been there for a very long time. And they do things like... Certain traditions. Yeah, they do things like stand in front of a current's car and get hit by a truck. But because they're formers, nothing happens and whatever. They walk into the ocean just to stand there, blah, 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 whatever. And Oscar interrupts one of their parties because it seems like they just have parties every night and confronts June and basically says, like, you're selfish. Why did you leave me? And it's very interesting because Oscar this entire time has been really mild mannered and very quiet. Avoid confrontation. Exactly. And then he's very confrontational. And then episode eight is the last episode. And basically Oscar's like, OK, you could stay here. I'm going to leave. And he tries to leave. But the man in the briefcase is like, you can't leave this way. Keeps interrupting him. He said, all roads leave, lead to Oceanside. Yeah. And then so yeah. he's like, okay, I'll make a boat. And so... Because he didn't say anything about Ocean. Yeah. So Maya Rudolph, uh, June's care or June, yeah, makes helps him by getting supplies from uh, Oceanside and whatever. So that's a quick just me. And her and Case are having some type of relationship... So, yes. So I I wanted to go through each episode. So I think she uh, I think their relationship between Case and June is 100 percent emotional. I don't think especially because Oscar confronts June and is like, oh, so you're in a relationship with Case now, blah, blah. She's like, no, no, no. She's like, "Okay, yeah, I emotionally cheated on you. Uh, but we're not like it's not a romantic relationship. I think I don't know if she said that. Did she? I think she specifically says I emotionally cheated on you. Yeah. Yes. But I, I don't think she said it. This is not a romantic relationship. I don't think it was romantic. I think one hundred percent Maya Rudolph was just like found case interesting because she was being like we're dead. Let's do what we want. Why are we trying to be polite? Why are we? whatever let's do whatever we want and i think she found that interesting and when she would try to talk to oscar because he likes to avoid confrontation she never really felt like she could really have an honest conversation with him so she just abruptly leaves 
and whatever. Yeah, I, feel I don't like know. She is in a couple with her. I don't know if you want to call that a romantic yeah, couple or maybe. not. But like they are acting like a couple. Sure. Like she's like, where have you been? And like yes. those kinds of things. Yes. So. What the thing about the show is I still really like it. I thought it was really funny. I wanted to go through the episodes real quickly just so we can kind of refresh our memories on on what happened. But the thing that I'm worried about the show is that I guess during press, like when they were gearing up to the premiere of the show, Maya Rudolph was like, oh, yeah, I really was excited to do this show because, you know, Alan Yang was like, yeah, there's an ending. It's just going to be one season. Now, if the show is just going to be one season, I have so many questions. The stuff that I'm like excited about won't be answered then. Like, what is the fountain? Why, like, why do they not get energy? Like, what, what is the town that they're in? Like, why is it this weird town? Like, what is their purpose? Like, where are they? Are they in heaven? Are they, you know, like, is there Mm -hmm. no heaven? Is this the version of heaven that, you know, like, what is this? Also, why do they get stronger when they're in water? Like, I just have so many questions if this is the end. And I thought, I, at first I was like, oh. Great season. Can't wait for season two to answer. all the, You know, like I was I was OK with all those questions being unanswered. But if that's just the show, if that's just they're like, oh, no, this was it. Then I feel like, why didn't you answer the questions in the season? Right. Yeah. Or well, are you, you are know, you if, like if they not... tried to, I think then it would have been clunky and not great. So I, I don't Maybe? think it would have been good to try to answer them. OK, you bring up the fountain. Oh, when we get it far away from it, we get weaker. Okay. Why? They don't know that. Okay. But shouldn't we, as the audience, eventually find out why? We'd have to find out from someone, and mm-hmm. that someone would have to be another character. Okay. And introducing that and getting Who's to the a briefcase point. man? What's his purpose? Exactly. <laughs> no, no, no. You can't, you can't be like, mm-hmm. You yeah. get it. No. What? <laughs> Yeah, he's mysterious. Is that something you just kind of like give away right away? Okay, yeah, you don't give it away right away. You give it away maybe in a second season? Yeah, if you have a second season. Okay, but what what I'm saying is you couldn't squeeze all those answers into season one. Either they're left unanswered and it ends there, or uh, hopefully it goes to a season. I just find it odd that if they're like, yeah. We just need this one season. And I guess Alan Yang has also said, like, he's open to doing a second season if Amazon wants one. But my thing is, like, you're open to it. Don't you want a second season so you can 100% complete the the story? Maybe he's just playing it cool. Maybe. The story feels incomplete, basically, based off of this. I I don't know. Okay. It ends with them walking through the ocean to another place, holding hands smiling and the end yeah yeah so cool except when i was watching that, i was like "Ooh, can't wait for season two to find out what what they're doing sure but i i could also say oh wow you know they got together and they're finding That's another true. place I, so you can look at it as a closed piece oh, of thing with a bunch of questions around it yes but like i think it was I think it was very skillfully done as a, this can be one season mm-hmm. or this can be open to two. My like, only, it does that well. My only issue with the ending, really, beyond me feeling like I don't have questions answered, is that I felt like Oscar and June were fighting, right? And then they just are like, I want to be back together. And it happens very quickly. 
And yeah. and I wish there was more time given to that. So either more episodes or you know, whatever. Well, I think they were trying to show that they never had the honest conversation and that's really the only thing that was missing. True. And then yeah. they finally did that. And then once they were able to get past that and come back to how they were, they've now had that interaction that they were missing. And now that they've restored uh, their amicability, they're able to continue and pick up right from where they were. Yeah. So I think it made sense. It made sense. I guess I just felt I, I left wanting more. And if they're not doing a second season, I left wishing they would have answered some things. Like that that's it. Yeah. So sure. like basically I really liked the show. I thought it was really funny. That's like the main thing. I thought it was funny. And then of course they have this interesting plot where they're dead and there's this whole yeah. world that they're building. But I felt like as they were building it, they weren't answering certain things. And I would be totally okay with that if the intention was to continue the story. But if the yeah. intention is to be like the end, then I'm like, oh, okay. Um, Wait, what? You know, like that that's basically how I feel. Sure. I, so, I think it's similar to the good place. I get a similar feeling from it. As but could far you as, could you imagine if the good place was like so Yeah, for sure. No. The good place <laughs> is like very clearly there is a huge story arc and if yes. they stopped after one season you'd be like, No Yeah, yeah. This one I think, like I said, I think it can be either way. Sure. I I hope they do a second season. Yeah, me too. I thought it was hilarious. Normally, I'm totally okay with, like, a one season. You have one story to tell? Fine. I just, if this were the case, I guess I wish they answered more things. That That's it. Yeah. I'll also say I've historically not been, like, a huge fan of Fred Armisen. I've gotten a little more into him recently. Mm-hmm. I think he's hilarious. Um, I think he did a great job in this show. And also, yeah. I think um, Maya Rudolph... Uh, played a pretty different kind of demeanor and character than I've seen her in uh, yeah. other times. And I think she did a really good job with it. Too. Yeah, I did too. And I think last week I was like, ooh, I'm really excited for them to explore like her anger. Like, remember with the light switch thing? Yeah, like, true. because she was able to do this. They didn't really, like, as much as they brought up, they kind of just fell apart. And they didn't yeah, really true. explore. And I wonder if they would go into that, that more with season two that, or not. This is what I'm talking about. Like stuff like that where I was like, oh, cool. Like, well, that I don't think is like an unanswered question. That's a direction they didn't even go into. I think much. it's slightly unanswered because her character seemed to be like as much as Oscar was afraid to have confrontation. It seemed like she was afraid to speak her mind. Right. Yeah. And I think that makes sense. Like she would have this built up resentment or anger or whatever but i wish they would have just been like okay what's happening there you know yeah i I think what i'm trying to say is that would have been a thing they should have explored in season one Mm -hmm. and i can't i don't imagine they would be doing it in season two so the other things you talked about are totally unanswered questions that i think shouldn't have been addressed in season one and would have to be a season two thing this one i feel like should have been addressed probably over and done with but maybe they'll come back if they do a season i don't know i was just like so excited i was like oh yeah she's like fucking pissed like what is she mad about like (laughs) okay and then it's just like oh okay like we're just not exploring that anymore all right so that's forever still really liked it but i i'm really hoping there's a season two and this is so weird for me because i normally am like one story great done you know like but I'm, i'm really hoping they at least 
continue in this season two. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go on to our next topic. All right, so we wanted to mention a couple things that we've been watching. And one thing that I watched was the reboot of Murphy Brown, which I know you're not familiar with at all. Nope. And I'm, yeah, I'm only familiar with it because I'm like, Candace Bergen was in a show that was called Murphy Brown. And I specifically know that the topics dealt with it were like a big issue, specifically her being a single mother because for political reasons I'll get into for a second. But the show originally was on from 1988 to 1998. Like I said, it stars Candace Bergen. And one of the main things early on in the show, she becomes kind of like a single parent. Her, the person that she has her kid with is like, I don't want to stop my career. So whatever. So she becomes a single parent. And uh, Dan Quayle, uh, VP at the time, basically is like, I think I have a quote uh, that the show is mocking the importance of fathers by bearing a child alone. Wait, wait, wait. You're saying Dan Quayle is, mm-hmm. was the vice president of the United States at that time? Mm-hmm. Okay. For uh, Bush Sr. Gotcha. Yeah. And like he did like some type of thing and basically said that and it became like such a major topic of conversation like, oh, is uh, Murphy Brown, the show, irresponsible for showing a single mother? And like just it seemed it seems weird and it seems like really in the 90s we were talking about that. Like it just seems like it seems weird to me. Um, it, it became such a thing like they used the actual clip of him talking about Murphy Brown in their show that is a fictional, you know, like they were able to use it. So anyway, obviously the show had cultural impact there. It was showing a woman who was successful at her job. She's a journalist, blah, 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 blah. They reboot the show on CBS. This is another reboot like Will and Grace, like Roseanne. Um, except for me, like when we, when Will and Grace was getting a reboot, obviously I'm a fan of Will and Grace. I loved Will and Grace. I watched all the episodes. Think it's hilarious. Murphy Brown, I'm like, ooh, I have no knowledge of this. Like, yeah. okay, let me watch it. I guess because and I have no to nostalgic. Be complete, Roseanne, neither of us watched. Yeah, no. Yeah. And so I think for me, because I have no nostalgic connection to it, it just didn't work for me at all. Like, okay. I didn't think it was very funny. Uh, I felt like a lot of the jokes were like <laughs> young people, right? Like, kind of like maybe an older demographic would find that funny. I don't know. But I just didn't. Um, And then there was a special cameo with Hillary Clinton. And she's doing a bit where she's pretending not to be Hillary Clinton. But (laughs) And I was like... She's playing herself, pretending not to be herself. Exactly. And at one point... Wait, is this spoilers? I guess so. I'll I'll put a note. It's fine. Uh Uh, You are... No one has ever been like you spoil like you are so scared that we're spoiling stuff. I don't know why. It's fine. We tell people to read the notes. They read it. It's fine. Are you gonna be okay? Okay. Okay. So anyway, she um at one point, uh, I think Murphy Brown's like, oh, you seem overqualified, and she's like, okay, and she gives her a card, and the card says something like, you could have had me, which of course is most likely a reference to like. Well, I could have been the president, you know, like, yeah. And for me, I'm just like, okay, all right. Like, I think that joke would have landed better for me last year. But now at this point, 
it's a rough time for everyone. We're just trying to make it through it. Like, I don't know. I just kind of felt like, eh. yeah, it just fell flat for me anyway. So I wonder if people who are nostalgic for Mur- Murphy Brown like this reboot, because I think the ratings were just okay. Apparently they weren't as good as like the other reboots, but I don't know. I'm curious how successful this is going to be. I'm, I'm very curious how all these reboots are going to be. Even Will and Grace, as much as I like Will and Grace, I think it's definitely not the same show. I think it's funny enough, but like, I wonder how, like how long these reboots have like yeah, two seasons, three seasons, what? Anyway, um, the other thing that we've both been watching is a new show on ABC called Single, Single Parents. And it's starring Taryn Killam, who we were just talking about mm-hmm. in uh, Night School, Lane Meester, and um, Brad Garrett. And we really liked it, right? Yeah, it was I thought funny. it was really funny. Like, you know, this is the new, like, TV premiere season, so all these new shows are starting. And, you know, last week, I think, or maybe a week or two ago, we were talking about I Feel Bad, and it just didn't work for us. This is an example of, like, we watched one episode, and we're like, yeah, I'm ready to watch more yeah it was funny good story yeah uh, pretty good progression and a good first episode uh the synopsis is a group of single parents from their own or form their own support system as they raise their kids and struggle to start new relationships yeah and it was funny i i really liked it i think taryn killam i remember like i would watch uh skits from snl and I'm like, yeah, he's really funny, but I just never really like followed his career or saw other things he was doing. Yeah. But I, I mean, based off of night school and this, I think he's hilarious. Yeah. Like, he's, he's like good. great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last thing I thought we could talk about is South Park because you love South Park. It mm-hmm. just came back for its 22nd season. Um, they've been doing this weird thing, the creators, where they keep doing like hashtag cancel South Park or whatever. Uh, This first episode was um, about uh, mass shootings. Yep. And I have the synopsis. Randy is desperate to help Sharon get her emotions under control. And Cartman unexpectedly fails his math test. Meanwhile, a series of school shootings occur at South Park. Mm -hmm. What did you think of this episode? Briefly, obviously, because we're not going into like a full thing. Yeah, I'd say, uh, so we're not doing spoilers. Or... We can. Okay. Well, for now we're not. Uh... <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> anyway, um, I, so I love South Park. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, you know, almost all the old episodes were great. As time went on more recently and maybe the past eight seasons or so, or maybe a little more or so. Okay. Um, yeah. May, yeah. Maybe like the past five or so seasons or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I had found that maybe half the episodes were really good and half were not great. Sure. Um, and I think it was last season that almost like pretty much every one I think was good. I really liked it. Okay. Um, so I'm waiting to kind of see like, okay, is this going to be a hit or miss each time? Yeah. Or is it going to be like great or just totally crappy? Um, this one I think was pretty good, but it was a little cringy, I think. Um, so I think <laughs> as, as a like 
not an active watcher. Uh-huh. You were doing the thing where, <laughs> like, I know there's like a Amy Schumer skit on this where you're like, oh my God, you got to watch this thing. You got to watch this thing. And then you make someone watch it. And as they're watching it, you keep looking at them to see their reaction. Yeah. And you kept looking at me to see my reaction uh-huh. of the show. And I don't know if that's because you thought, man, this is hilarious. And you were seeing if I was joking or laughing, mm-hmm. which I wasn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I don't know if that like ruined your experience or like if you were like, oh, why isn't she laughing at these great jokes? Like, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I feel like this time maybe some of it was that and some of it was like, oh, uh, what'd you think about that? <laughs> oh, like, did, I, I think part of it was like, oh, did that totally kill it for you? And I was like, oh, no, maybe she's okay. <laughs> yeah, I was just watching. Like, uh, what I'll say is this, because I'm not obviously as big of a fan of South Park as you. You watched, like, most of the, In the old er- episodes. Yes, I, I definitely liked it early on. And, um, yeah, I, I think the seasons, like, the more recent seasons, what what I find interesting about South Park is I think they're definitely tackling, like, obviously current topics and they're maybe highlighting things great i just don't know if it's necessarily funny every time they do it so it's like okay and this episode specifically i felt like okay you're talking about uh mass shootings in schools and how ridiculous people are just like numb to it now but i didn't feel like any of the jokes specifically were funny to me as much as they were like highlighting something, I was just like, okay. Yeah. Hmm. And the whole side story about like Cartman cheating off of Token and uh, trying to figure out if Token actually saw Black Panther and whatever. I was just like, okay. Like it just wasn't, it just like, I, I, I just didn't find it funny. I don't find it offensive. Yeah. Or anything. Then like the whole bit, like Sharon's like, oh my gosh, why aren't you guys outraged? And it's like, oh, are you on your period? It's like, oh, are we doing period jokes now? Like, okay. It's like, oh, are you going through menopause? And it's like, well, I mean, it wasn't quote unquote like period jokes. It was, that was a main thing. That was a joke. Is she on her period? And that's why she's emotional. Yeah. But I'm saying it like, wasn't a joke really. It was like another plot what yeah okay it was like exposing how you know people think that and stuff and that like you know oh you have to be on your period to think that school shootings are a problem sure yes yes the the the, i think the joke is no one cares about school shootings because we're all numb to it yeah and the only reason why you'd be emotional is because you're a woman who has a period that's why that i think that was the joke you're you're arguing that's the plot which is fine. I'm saying that's the joke. That's the bit they're doing to highlight the plot of that or the message that no one cares about mass shootings. Regardless, I was just like, yeah. eh. it's funny okay. because we then watched Bojack recently and there was a mass shooting, like gun violence yeah. um, episode, which I don't necessarily think was a hundred percent successful in the message they were trying to make yeah. either, but I definitely think it was better than this one. And it was interesting that we watched them kind of closely together. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, again, I think the best thing going forward with South Park is that you watch it without me even being in the room because I'm worried that my presence of me (laughs) just being stone face is like ruining your experience. Okay. 
Um, no, I, I don't think that happened this time. I think this was kind of a, a rough one. I think that they used to do some or many episodes on current topics and stuff, but now that's like all they do. And I think they need to cool well, it a little bit. I think also the message of like, oh my God, look, look how stupid everyone is. They're all numb to mass shooting. It's like, oh, that's that point has been made several times. Like, you know, the onion, right? Yeah. Every time there's a mass shooting, they always re-release their fake headline of like, oh gosh, I'm going to butcher it. But basically it's like country in shock where it's the only country that this type of violence happens repeatedly. Like basically like America is always shocked when there's a mass shooting, but it happens so frequently all the time that why are we shocked type of thing? Mm -hmm. And they always release that. And it's like, yeah, this point has been made before. We as Americans experience school shootings, gun violence, mass shootings, whatever. And you would think by now there would be major changes in how we handle guns and the situation. But instead it's just like, oh, thoughts and prayers. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Nothing could have been done. Oh, well. Mm-hmm. You know, and like th- that, that point is valid. And I think if this episode came out 15 years ago, it had been like, ooh, wow, you really cut into like... 15 years ago, it would have made no sense. What do you Come mean? On. 15 years ago? Yeah. No. Why? Because there wouldn't have been enough that were in the news. Columbine had be... happened. There were yes, other... Yes, that there... wasn't a lot, though. But I'm, I'm just saying there back. were other mass shootings that have happened. Yeah, but this episode wouldn't have made sense back okay, then. Okay, I'm sorry. 10 years ago. Whatever. Uh, yes, absolutely. Maybe. Point is, my point is, I feel like... In 2018, them doing this type of, like, episode, if their point was trying to be like, yeah, we got it. Like, see what we just pointed out? If that was the purpose, it's like, oh, uh, yeah, we all know that. Now, if the purpose was to be funny, just period, like, we're just trying to tell jokes, that also fell flat for me. So, like, I don't know. Like, but it sounds like you were kind of iffy on this episode or? Yeah, I thought it was okay. Um, yeah. What are you going to do if they decide to cancel the show? That would be upsetting. Okay. Because I, I, I don't know if you heard me when I started this segment. This is the 22nd season. Yeah. So you would be upset if they decided, you know what? We've done this for 20 plus years. Time to wrap it up. Uh, Kyle, are you joking? I guess I could always watch old ones. Yeah. <laughs> you, you think like what yeah okay <laughs> wait okay so now you're okay if they decide to cancel the show yeah i guess so it's just like you know last season was so good i'm pretty sure that was the one <laughs> it was okay. either last season or the one before okay one of the seasons were so good yeah no, no i'm saying like literally the last one or the one before was so good are you talking about the member berries one i think so yeah. okay go on yeah um, yeah, it would be a shame, but you know, if it's going to be another season where it's like half good and half bad. Wait, but it would, yeah. uh, okay. Hypothetically, every episode is just awesome. Right. And they say, okay, it's been 22 seasons. Thanks for watching. We're out. You'd be like, no. Yeah. I'd be sad. It's <laughs> a whole, it's, it's an era that would be ending. I guess I'm just kind of like, they've done a lot of episodes. You have a lot to watch or rewatch. Yeah. I understand if they decide to end it because... Well, I understand, but it would still be sad. Okay. 
So yeah. you're more sad. You're not like upset if they end and you just be sad because uh, it's something. the same thing. Sad and upset. Hmm. It's a, this is revealing. Okay. Is it? No. Aren't those literal synonyms? You could synonyms? be angry about it. I think upset as angry, I guess. Oh, no. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. So you're okay with the show ending. You thought this first episode was okay. Yeah. And you do want it to continue. But if they decided to end it, you'd be like, okay, I'm sad about it. Yes. Okay. And I would be like, bye guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. I don't think it's bad. I just think like you did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, <laughs> but I don't know what the deal is with this cancel South Park thing. Yeah. I don't, I end. don't know if anyone knows what that means. If they're being, cause it feels like they're trolling everyone. Like, cause they're saying they should cancel it, but it feels like they're trolling it or maybe they're just being serious. And because they always do little things like this, no one knows. Like, yeah. And I don't know if they like signed a contract like, no, obviously they have until 25 or their 25th season. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, let's end it there. Um, thank you for listening. If you uh, listen to the whole show, please make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and also to subscribe. Also, make sure to uh, email us at offscreenbabble at gmail.com if you have any suggestions or feedback. And you can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at offscreenbabble. And next week, we're doing A Star is Born. Oh, yeah. I think it's just going to be one episode of A Star is Born. This is like the weirdest experience because a few <laughs> weeks ago, I was like, I don't even care about this movie. Yeah. And then the song got stuck in my head and it's like i guess i'm seeing this freaking movie and i wanted to see it from the beginning yeah i was like eh, whatever M- movies that are about music stuff aren't my thing and then i just like got sucked into it yeah so now it's like the biggest movie everyone can't stop talking about it and now yeah. we're gonna dedicate a whole episode to it mm-hmm. i think i think that's the best way to go just like do a yeah. full episode on it okay all right bye bye